This is the Coming Black to Africa podcast, a show focused on helping you, the African diaspora, with your return home journey, whether you have roots here or not. Each week, I'll host someone who will share their experiences and tell their stories to help you prepare and navigate the integration ups and downs. My name is Robert Agufanabel, an Afro-Caribbean traveler, passionate about promoting and representing Africa. I am a champion of creativity, and I'll be the captain of this flight. Now, let the journey begin. Greetings, travelers. This is your captain speaking, Robert Agufana. Welcome to another episode of the Coming Black to Africa podcast. We are taking yet again another flight. Another person is coming back home to the motherland of Africa. And on this flight today, I have a co-pilot, Yvonne, with me, and she's going to help me navigate this flight back home. She's going to share with us experience of coming back home, what motivated her to come back, and everything around that conversation. So we're happy to have her on the show today. And Yvonne, welcome very much. I want to ask that you take hold of the aircraft at this moment and help me to navigate this flight as we go back to Africa. Welcome. Thank you. That is a very dope intro. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I love that. (laughs) Wow. You're definitely a creativity champion for sure. Uh, And I'm still an accountant. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Yvonne, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself? So we've come on this flight and we've seen this person. She's on her way back to Africa. Just tell us where you're coming from, a little bit about yourself. Yes. And then we get into the in-flight entertainment. Okay. Um, Yeah. So my name is Yvonne. I I guess I'm coming from (laughs) Canada, uh, Toronto. Um, I've lived in Canada for about 15 years. Um, And I am originally from Kenya. Um, That is where I was born. But I moved to Canada when I was really young. And then, um, yeah, and then now I am on my way back. Kenya um to start my life over again so that's that's about me yeah you are on your way back what what were you doing in in Canada besides you know schooling uh, professionally what what were you doing um I was just living man like you know just school and work you know just the normal drab stuff (laughs) um yeah just i went to school finished that started working and yeah that's what i was doing there's really nothing exciting um about my life yeah it was just very ordinary for sure okay so if it was ordinary is that one of the reasons why you decided to come back to kenya what what was your motivation where did you start getting this thought of moving back to kenya so I always, because um, I mentioned that my my mom, um, I, I came when I was, I came to Canada when I was really young. So not really young. I was, I was in my teens, actually. So um, I didn't want to come, you know, I, I you know, kind of put up a protest and said, you know, I, I kind of wanted to, to wait um, until I finished high school um, so I could just come here for university. But my mom wasn't having that. <laughs> so <laughs> she, you know, she made the decision for us to come. And I don't know, I, I think ever since then, I, I just I missed my friends, I missed my school. I, I just missed my life in Kenya. And I think, like, if you can remember how it is when you're a teenager, like, your friends are, like, the world to you, everything. you know. <laughs> They're everything to you. So, for me, I was just very, 
I don't know. I, I just felt really sad. And then also coming to Canada, those first years were really tough because, um, you know, I, I had to come to, to high school in Canada and, you know, it's just completely different. Like school in Kenya versus school in Kenya, it's just completely different. You know, they, by the time I was joining high school, like people are writing essays with computers and stuff. And I literally <laughs> used to use my computer to listen to ludicrous CDs, like that was like I didn't have like that was what I used my computer for. I didn't know how to use to do anything else on it because there was no internet, anyways. Like you know, so um, so it was just like just very very different, and so it was kind of hard. I think like it's easier when you're younger. Like if you're young, like if you're much younger, like you're in you know like primary or grade school or whatever. Like I feel like it's easier to acclimate, but when you're a bit older. Because I was, you know, I was, you know, just about to graduate high school, I guess, like maybe a year or two before I graduate high school. Mm. At that point, you're kind of, you you understand school. You're kind of navigating what your future is going to look like. You know, your the friends that you have are probably friends that you have in, in university and things like that. Like, um, and so coming here, coming to Canada was just like a whole new, like just leaving that life. And this is a brand new life. And then back then, it's not like it was like how it is now now there's so much like diversity and inclusivity and stuff back then you're like the only black person because the city i went to was ottawa so you're just like mm. which is like ottawa is the capital um of canada it's, it's but it's it's not like a very at the time it wasn't a very multicultural place you'd be like the only black person in the bus you know things like this or your workplace not at all not at all like toronto um so anyway so yeah so those early years were pretty tough and i i just didn't enjoy i didn't enjoy it at all so i always fantasized about moving back home um so yeah so that would be i guess my my first I, i know that was a long answer but i i didn't really enjoy being here number one but the other reason was that um you know i feel like life in canada for me was very monotonous nothing new happens like you know i just felt like you can pretty much predict what your life is going to look like you know you finish school you get a job you work a couple years i don't know you meet somebody you settle down you buy a house or a condo and on and on and on like you know what i mean like it's just, it's just so predictable and i was just like this is boring it's also um, bad <laughs> I mean, it depends on what you want out of life, right? Like, and yeah. and and what your priorities are. Um, I'm true. I'm through and through a Sagittarius, so I like freedom and spontaneity and adventure and just like I like my life to be exciting. You know what I mean? Like, so I didn't feel like it was. <laughs> so yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it, within those 15 years, did you ever come back to Kenya for a visit or anything? Yeah, I did severally. Um, I think at the uh, at the beginning, um, this is like two thousand and three or so. Like I, I would come every two years, and then after some time, it was after every five years, <laughs> you know. So I think the the like the first two times I went to Kenya, it was after two years, and then which was pretty good. And then after that, it was like five years went on to the point where I'd like come back and like I I can't recognize places you know what I mean like things have changed so much so um so I think I I came in 2005 2007 then I came in 2012 
Um, I also came back in 2013. I did my internship actually in Uganda and Kenya. So when I was in um, my third year of university, I um, I got an, a, an internship program um, that allowed me to to work in in Uganda and, and Kenya um, for about five months. So so I did that. Yeah. Um, so so that was a really good experience, and I think that was the one where I was just like, yeah, I definitely want to to live on the continent like I just I just had such a good time I just felt grounded and connected and it was good like you know um and and it was fun (laughs) so I was just like this can be like life all the time so I was just like yeah (laughs) um so yeah so that was um 2012 and then I came back again in 2013 and then finally in 2018 Mm. I like the way you said that finally in 2018 so you finally made that decision to come and yeah (laughs) yeah 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 How, how 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 did the family take it well, I'm an only child, um, and so my mom lives in Canada, and so she's really the only one who had something to say. Um, I don't think she took me seriously. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't think she was like, Yvonne is actually going to do this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just like, because I've been to Canada, yeah, like, I've, exactly and my visits can last months right like so because they have before because even in 2013 2012 I told you I was there for like five months even 2013 I was there for like six months um so you know so it wasn't like anything like like wait you know so I think it just started being like wait you're actually staying when I was like eight months in um you know this this last time so I was just like wait you're getting you're looking for a job wait like you know what I mean like those are things um so yeah so I don't think um she took me seriously um and I think that just and I think it's only now that these I feel like even after all this time because right now I am in Canada and I'm visiting my mom so um I think it's only now that she's actually like okay I get it like that's where you want to be you know what I mean but it's been a it's been a long yeah, it's been a long road <laughs> to get to get here. So yeah, and, and we have a very long flight. Um, so <laughs> we're here for every part of that long road, every uh-huh. bump, every stone, uh-huh. every hole, every pothole, every speed bump. <laughs> and and we're gonna get to why you're in Canada right now. We we discussed a bit about that before we started recording, and we we'll get into that a little bit later into the show. Um, so yeah. I just want to get back to now. You're here in 2018. You said 2018. Yeah. You're here for a few months. How was it now? You've made the decision. You've settled. You're five. You know, six months in. I'm sure. Uh, was that your honeymoon period still? Because you know, whenever you, someone relocates somewhere, there's always this honeymoon period. How long did that last for you? And when did quote unquote reality start to kick in? Um. My honeymoon did not last that long. <laughs> I think yeah. mine lasted like three months, you know, um, because I came, I think it also matters the time of the year that you cut, that you move back, right? Like, um, because I came back in December of 2018. So um, December is, you know, if you, especially if you live in Nairobi, um, in Kenya, it's, it's, it's literally 
a party month. It is the month where everybody is off work. It is a month like everybody just is off, is on vacation the whole month of, of December, pretty much. Like the whole country is on vacation in December. So it's like, a very hard. Is just to... uh, like slow down. Like people yes. are generally exactly. higher. Like everything mm-hmm. is like really grinding halt. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, and even people are not even in that mind space. You know what I mean? Like people are more like where everybody's trying to chill, and you know, so um, so which is great, right? When you're going on vacation and you find that vibe, it's fun. You have a lot of fun, which is which was the case for me. So um, I had a really good time. I traveled a little bit. I discovered. I don't know. I I just went on adventures and things like that. So it was pretty pretty fun. I met up with like people from high school and you know went on trips and things so it was just it was there was a lot of adventure and a lot of fun um at the at the beginning and i think that went on for because i think for you like for like for me i mean i'm still on vacation mode come january other kenyans are not right because <laughs> they've gone back to work <laughs> they've gone they've gone back to i don't know you know whatever their regular fees. life exactly school fees you know people you know doing whatever people do right and so you're still on vacation so you kind of start being like oh okay you know so i starting to spend some more more time by myself whatever i still see people maybe on the evenings and weekends and things like that um and i think it just slows down after that right and usually generally the first quarter of the year is not a very um I think it's not very active for most people. Sorry? It's not upbeat months. Yes, exactly. It's not. Um, so unless you find like particular groups of people who, I don't know, have alternate lifestyles, then, you know, you can plug into that, which I did for a bit. Um, but I think after, I think March, I was, I, I just started to think about, okay, um, what's my plan here? Because I, when I came, my, my ticket, I had a return date. Right. My plan, my original plan was just to come till the end of January and then come back to Canada because I thought those like December and January would be enough time for me to make a decision on whether I wanted to stay long term. Obviously, that is not nearly enough time at all. (laughs) And that is even the wrong time. (laughs) You're not able to judge. To assess, yeah. Do you're not able to assess, right? Exactly. So I had to, I did made the choice to continue to stay in Kenya and see what would happen and kind of just, you know. I do tend to be, as I said, maybe spontaneous, you know. I don't, like, sometimes I don't think <laughs> the things through too much. I'm more like go with the vibes type of person. So that's kind of also what happened. Anyway, so, um, but I think it was a really good choice to do that because then it really allowed me to live and experience and just like normal life, like, you know just day to day what would it be like um without all the excitement rose colored glasses of non exactly holiday right. exactly yeah so so yeah so that was my um why i that, that was my beginning like a couple of months and i i guess from March is where it just really started dawning on me it's like okay yeah you need to figure out what you're going to do and then I think that now became really difficult because I was like, okay. Um, because I think one of the things is like you, at least for me anyway, I think for a lot of people really, because you, the, the country from which you're coming from. So if you're coming from the West, you're coming with 
question a, a mindset, right, of how things work in the country that you're from. You know that, um, for example, for me in Canada, if I want to find a job or something, I'll go sign up on this website, you know, the, you know, apply online, like, you know, that is the process. And eventually I'll get something, right? Um, and so you tend to think about things in that way. And it just doesn't have to be just employment. It's anything, anything that you want to get done. You know how to get it done in the country where you're from. And so you're in this new country and you bring that thinking of the country where you're from to this new country and it doesn't work in this new country. But now the difficulty is like understanding and realizing that it's like trying to do things the way you know how to do them and realizing Oh, that actually doesn't work here. I need to Can do it in a different way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that learning process, that process is what the difficulty is, or is, is where the challenges come. So, right. so yeah. That's what you call post honeymoon because now exactly. you you know you you just get you just got married and everyone is saying I love you, have a good day, and then you start to see some stuff and you're not sure how to communicate, you know, <laughs> your exactly. displeasures. Um, exactly. So I, to, I totally get that. But since you left Kenya when you were around 15 or in high school, I believe you didn't yet have your national ID, right? No, I didn't. Yeah. Right. So you had to now get that going so that you can start applying for jobs and so on. How, how was that process? So in one of my last visits, I had not prior to 2018. So I think like 2013, right, when I was when I had come for a visit, I was like, let me get my my ID. So I went to this place. I applied for it. And the day I wanted to go pick it up literally was, I think, the day before my flight to come back to, to Canada or some, something along those lines. Anyway, I went to this place and it was just disorganized. I didn't know who to talk to. And I just gave up and I left. And I was just like, whatever, forget this. <laughs> so I went and five years later, I found myself back in Canada. I'm like, okay, now I really need to get this ID. And I was just like, damn, I, I, I'm going to have to start from scratch. Anyway, I had gone with like whatever bunch of papers, you know, like you just, your documents and you just like fold them up. So I just, I had I, gone with them and I, I have a cousin, luckily, who works at uh, Huduma Center. And I told her that um, Huduma Center is a place where you, it's like um, where you go and, and apply for government things and stuff. It's like an all so I, government service. Yes, uh, exactly. Shop, yeah. And um, so I, she works at the Huduma Center. So I, and she, um, luckily, you know, I was so lucky. Um, so anyway, so I, I told her, hey, I'd applied for this thing. And she's like, do you have this number? Do you have a number? And I'm like, I don't know. These are the documents that I have. And then she rummaged through them. And she was like, yeah, this is what I need. And she worked and she was like, yeah, your ID is in the system or whatever. Come and pick it up in like two weeks or something. And that's literally, I was there for like 30 minutes. So I was very lucky <laughs> that, uh, yeah, but it worked out that way. But although it's not as bad now, like to be able to to get your ID, if that's what you're looking to do, like through the Huduma Centers, you just get have to like, you know, wait and, you know, in line yeah. and get stuff like that. Yeah. Exactly. Much easier now you can even apply online um, even before you come. Uh, oh, really? To Kenya, yeah, you can actually apply online. Uh, depend on the oh, circumstance. Yeah, depend on the circumstance. You can begin the oh. process. Wow. Um, okay. Citizen um, with the Huduma Center so on. You can be like the government services in Kenya are, are really becoming very digitized and online. Yes. So you yeah. can do it. Of course, not not exactly there as it should, but much yeah. much better improvement. Um, For sure. But, 
it does speak to what you're saying about the processes. And I think one of the things that's quite frustrating about it is, yes, there's a different way of doing things and, and we don't expect things to be the same in Africa as it is in any other place or in any country mm-hmm. for that matter. Mm-hmm. One of the challenges you find in a lot of African countries, um, Kenya being one, is the availability of information. It's, extra- oh. it's quite difficult to get a source, a single source of truth that says to apply for your ID, one, two, three, four steps or five, yep. six, seven, eight, nine steps. You get yeah. different information from different sources yeah. and it it can be a nightmare. <laughs> it really, really is. I think that is just like access to credible and trustworthy information is such a challenge um, in Kenya. Like, and I think many African countries, like, you know, um, because it literally, because, and I think, I don't know, I think, it's more for us, like if you're an outsider, right? Or like you haven't lived in a country because people who live in the country don't see this as maybe a problem, (laughs) you know, because they have figured out ways to, to find out what they need to find out. Right. Which is why, like, for example, like things like WhatsApp groups. So I detest WhatsApp groups to some extent, because I'm just like, I don't like notifications and all these things. Is it because of the forwards? (laughs) (laughs) The forwards, you know. Want to have a happy day. (laughs) You know. Like, I don't like all those things, right? Like, I don't want to wake up and then I turn on my phone and I'm, it's just like a million things, right? So I, I have not been one to join WhatsApp groups prior. But when I came to Kenya, I found I had to join this WhatsApp group because these th- literally this is where you find out, how do I do this? Where do I go for this? Who can I ask for this? Like, you know what I mean? Because, like, you can't Google that stuff. Well, you can, but you're not going to get, like you know, good information. Sort of right? first like, page sort of results. Exactly. Exactly. You know, so which is a real problem because I'm just like, if you're looking to move and let's say you don't have any connections, you don't know anybody in the country, like where do you start? You know what I mean? Like, how do you go about this? So it's a real problem. Um, and yeah, so I, the, me, I think for me, what I tried to do um, for that is to try and, um, and not live alone <laughs> because like, I didn't know that many people, right? So I felt like if I lived with other people, then um, it, it would be easier for me to be able to learn stuff and have access to information for different types of things and also, um, you know, networks and friends and, you know, things like that. So that would be one. And then obviously number two, try to join as many WhatsApp groups as possible. Facebook groups as well um, can also be really, really helpful. And then Instagram actually is really where you'd spend a lot of time. So like, you know, figuring out depending on what your interest is and what you want to do. Um, I think you can find people that way. Now Clubhouse is very useful as well. Um, I find like, um, depending on what you're into, you can find like-minded people and start making those connections and getting information that way. Um, but yeah, this, it's it's definitely a challenge for sure. Those are some great um life hacks you've given us and and one thing travelers that you need to know is that particularly in africa it's a heavily community-based society so it's networks are very important Uh, because sometimes information changes and it's not publicly updated uh but your networks will know and i've i've been on the receiving end of something like that you you follow the procedures as listed on the website you you show up and you're told, no, the process changed. Or you have the wrong form. That happened to me when yeah. I applied for my passport. And I can, at times, um, it's, it's, you're not, um, how can I put this? 
it's it's not their fault that you didn't know that. <laughs> so you can actually be penalized for not knowing. Uh, don't and and I save yourself the trouble. Don't don't argue. Don't fight. Um, if the process has changed, just just go back and do it again. If you're not told. You know, it, it happens like that. And we're not trying to paint a gloom picture. We're just trying to give you the reality on the ground to reduce the areas of tension that you would have when you come back to Africa. Right? You just need to know that, you know, get the community, double check. Even if you think you have everything, double check it again. <laughs> That's just the way you can, you know, get get by much easier. That's true. That's really, yeah. Because I, I had to go and apply for my passport my east that that's the one now i had to go through that whole process and honestly i got there and it was like nine o'clock in the morning and there was like incredulous lineups okay and i was like uh no i can't do this so <laughs> i asked um i asked somebody that i knew from like back a long time ago like now also another thing is like reach out to people that you know from like back back in the day like if you know somebody you know who like you knew 10 years ago and you know that they moved to whatever country you just be like hey by the way how's it going <laughs> you know <laughs> and just like uh i need abc and people understand like because i know like um if i came to you and i was like hey rob like you know i knew you from 10 years ago and i know you moved back home and i'm like hey i'm trying to do this like i don't think you'd be like forget you like you know what i mean like cuz i feel like you you'd be like yeah i totally get you know the yeah people the are issues. very willing to help especially if they exactly. similar like people exactly. are willing to help yeah yeah so i i was able to to reach out to her and she gave me a contact of somebody who could help of course i had to part with some money but like you know what i mean i was just like i think you also just need african to african tax <laughs> african tax you i you just have to pick your battles like i don't like i i feel like some of these things you just have to be like what is important to you is is it like is it going to be uh, better like for you for your experience generally and for your own peace of mind if you can get somebody to help you with this you know what i mean with some of these things because the system is not perfect it's not like you know it's not like here where as as we've talked about like where you can go and um you know the website has all the information you need to do a b c and d you know it's not like that so you can spend a lot of time um getting frustrated so i think it's just like know know yourself and what and pick your battles i think is really important Yeah. Pick your battles. I love that one. Pick your battles cuz I think that's something I didn't learn early and I was fighting every battle and that can frustrate you, drain your energy. You have to learn to pick your battles. Um and also as one said, you know, come with an open mind. You might find something that's not working and you think it should work better and you're like, "How have you guys been accepting this for all this time?" You know, you you have to really be patient understand the scenario don't think that because the system is broken people haven't tried to fix it you really have to be a bit patient i want to ask you about one more experience before we get to some bl- some glows of your return because we we've spent quite a bit of time on the blows um in in this show we we want to look at the blows and the glows you know things that make us shine also but you mentioned about applying for a job because that's something that's very on everyone's mind okay so yeah i'm ready to move i know i can move but what will i do how will i eat how will i pay my bills How was that experience for you? And which industry were you trying to get into? <laughs> um I feel like my story is not <laughs> the best like if you're going to have a blueprint of what you should do, I think mine is more of a cautionary tale of what you shouldn't do. <laughs> so <number laughs> that, one, I the, said, those are the ones we want. 
<laughs> Moana said, come with a proper plan. So remember, and try to stick to it. So remember mine was two months and then I was like, no, screw that. Let me, you know, extend. So obviously I hadn't planned for that. So, you know, uh, so that came with its own set of challenges. But um, in terms of work, um, I, because as I said, I, I was more um, exploring, I guess maybe the context is, is important. Um, so the reason I, okay, one of the things that kind of gave me the impetus to decide like around 2018 was a time for me to move back to Kenya was because I was working in tech and I got laid off, right? Which happens in tech quite often. And, um, and I was like, okay, what do I want to do now, right? Do I want to just apply for another job and like, you know, and kind of just do that thing again? And I was just like, nah, let's let's try something else. Let's go to Kenya. So that's how that journey started. Um, you really and, like exploring experiences. <laughs> yes. So I was like, okay. So I, in that time, because I knew I didn't, I mean, I could have worked in tech, I guess, but I wasn't really trying to, you know what I mean? Like, I was just looking for a new experience. So when I went to Kenya, after those two months, I was like, mm, I haven't really seen anything. I haven't really, you know, like, nothing has come to me that I feel like this is what I want to pursue. So in that time, I was in a very exploratory place or space in my life, right? I was just like, what's, what's, what's the possibilities? What are the possibilities here? And I think for me, I, I wasn't dead set on any one particular idea. I had an interest to work in media. I thought that that might be interesting. It might be, you know, more aligned to my personality and things that I like or whatever. Um, but I realized quickly, like, that is really a world that has a lot of gatekeepers and you need a lot of, like, connections and blah, blah. And those are things, like, realistically, it's very hard to do when you just come into the country. Like, you don't know anybody. You don't have any of those things. Like, it's so it's so hard for you to, to do that. Like, you know, um, because I think one of the things, at least for Kenya, people like to work with people they know. Okay, so or to, you know, like even create friendships and do all those things like people need to be. I feel like there's a trust issue in the country and people like to do things with people that they know, um, give opportunities, all that type of stuff. So I, don't, I feel like it's really hard for you to come as an outsider and then just be like, yeah, I'm here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this and then open the doors. For me. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to be like, who are you? Like, you know what I mean? Like. Chill, sure, like <laughs> where have you been? Like what's going on? Like <laughs> you know, so so that's that's what I um I discovered quite quickly, and so I was just kind of in the space of just like paying attention and just kind of seeing, you know, what would be my space be? What would what what could I get into? So had been invited to a talk or uh, to attend an event by a friend of mine. Um, and it was a, a, an event. There were some people in the creative industry, some organizations in the creative industry, you know, and they were having this discussion. It was such a great talk. And I was just like, this is dope. So, um, you know, like so I was a, club, a private members club. Yeah. 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 So, um, so which I couldn't have gone unless I was invited. Like my friend actually had to be like, you know, he just sent me the screenshot of the fly and he was like, this is interesting. Do you want to go to this? And I was like, yeah, I do actually. So, and he invited you because you were at the point of looking for something. So, if you were not looking, maybe that opportunity would probably not have. Even I was not there. looking. I was not looking. This was in January that I went to this. Oh, event. right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I was just like in that mode of saying yes to things because I'm like, you know what I mean? Like I, I wasn't really, there wasn't really much else like 
aside from like going, like I wasn't really focused, especially in January, like looking for a job. I wasn't even trying to do that. Like I wasn't even trying to, like that was not where my mind was at. It was just like, this was an event. I like attending events. I like going to talks, you know, um, and things like that. So my friend was just like, hey, this is happening. You want to come? I went. And then it was a great talk. I got to, you know, discover these organizations and, you know, um, and, this, and these people. And I was like, whoa, I didn't even know that like the organizations that do this type of work, right? Like in Kenya, like I was just like, my mind was a bit blown. I was just like, wait, what? So um, yeah, so I started following them on social media. And then I think a few months later, I saw they posted a job um, and I just applied for it. Um, now, during this time, I hadn't, I was, I mean, I was applying for jobs, but not really. I had had one interview um, and it was for um, Unilever. Um but I didn't, I didn't end up getting it. And I mean, even that one, like they literally called me to go for an interview. Like, te- like they called me today and they're like, can you come for an interview tomorrow? The, the next day. <laughs> the next day. They didn't give me a job description, nothing. <laughs> so, what? <laughs> they were just like, it's like a project manager job or something. And I'm like, okay, like, but like. I don't, what? Like, yeah. So, yeah. So I just went and they were just asking me questions. I'm just like, uh, I don't, you know. So even like salary things, because I'm just like, I don't, I don't, I have no idea. What, like I had I, I zero, right? Because I'm just like, zero. I, I could not even think. I was just like, I just asked my friend, how much, how much do, should I say for this day? I was just like, I don't know, you know. So that's the other thing, because you don't know how to price yourself, right? Because the context, right? Because you're just like, I don't know what, you know, how much I should charge. So anyway, uh, I saw this job, um, social media, right? That the, the organizations I was following. And, and prior to that, actually, so I had sent an email to this organization that I met at that talk. And I said, hey, my name is Yvonne. You know, um, you know, I'm a returnee. And this is, you know, I came across your, I was at this event and I came across this, the work you do. And I'm really interested, blah, blah, blah. Very nice email that I wrote <laughs> to this I organization. <laughs> and I'm like, because I was even like, yeah, I'm very happy to volunteer my time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't even, because at that time, I was not even really thinking about working. I was just like, you know, I want to like volunteer. I just wanted to experience things and then decide. So so that's what happened. <laughs> and uh, I never got a response, obviously, because oh. yeah, people, don't, <laughs> people do not respond to those things at all. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very rare. I think I've sent one email to an info ad- email address and then somebody responded to me. But like, yeah, I, 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 I tried to get on some podcast recently um, and I sent them my, my stuff. Actually, someone who had been on there had introduced me and I sent in the email to the same email address that he introduced me on zero. So later I found someone who worked there and I was like, I worked with that, uh, does the production for that podcast. I was like, hey guys, you know, what, what happened? He said, oh, those were too many emails. We just deleted everything. I was like, exactly. okay. <laughs> I was like, okay. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, those are some experiences that you have to, you got to be ready for. And 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 I'm mat- I'm maturing my experience and my return now, not to take that personally or to feel bad about it, you know. And I, I think I shot a video about this on my YouTube channel that, you know, they're not really rejecting you, right? Sometimes it's just yeah. overwhelmed. You need to understand, like, unemployment, particularly in Kenya, is so high. And I've been not that I'm a consultant, I have helped companies recruit and you put out a job advert in 48 hours you can have two three hundred applicants you know by a week you have a thousand it's 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 it can be really overwhelming yeah yeah 
Um, you're absolutely correct. Like that, that is definitely because I have been on the end of recruiting now, and literally, my what I always try to do is always try to champion a closed call where we don't put it in the public, <laughs> we put it like yeah. targeted to yes, a small exactly. group of people. <laughs> You know, because it's like somebody has to go through all those applications. Like, you know what I mean? Like, or you you just have to be like, okay, we're not going to go past like the three days. Like if you didn't submit your application in three days, then that's unless like there are no good candidates or whatever. Like you just, you end up having to do things so that you don't have to go through all hundreds and hundreds of applications. I have gone through over, because like part of my, sorry, this is just, a, I'm just adding to this conversation. No, go ahead. Yeah, just go ahead. <laughs> Um, so I've had like part of my, cause I've implemented a bunch of programs in the work that I've done mm. and I've had, I think I've gone through like for one of my programs, we had like four, I had like four types of workshops that I did. And, um, I think I went over a thousand applications for the four, right. And like, and especially because I work like I was working in like the East Africa region. So we're getting applications from all over East Africa. But Kenya overwhelmingly sends like double what the, the, the total of these other Af East African countries will send. So if, for example, I get a hundred applications from Uganda, Tanzania, and Rwanda, um, I'm gonna get like two hundred or two fifty or three. Like it's always double. Like Kenya always like you know what I mean? So um, there's a lot of qualified applicants for all types of things, for jobs, for programs, for anything. Kenya has a lot of qualified applicants. And so it's just very, very challenging and hard. And sometimes I think like maybe if you move back, maybe you want to try like Uganda. <laughs> like maybe you want to do that first. Less, and then, yeah. Yeah. less competitive like, probably. <laughs> yeah, it's less competitive. But I've just found Kenya to be very, very competitive. Um, and I mean, I think that's a good thing. But it's yeah. also... The Kenyans are also go-getters also. That's, that's the thing. They're qualified, yeah. but they'll also go for it. I mean, someone could maybe yeah. meet three out of 10 requirements and they'll still apply for that job. So Yeah. 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 But I think you definitely have an advantage if you are, um, you know, just a couple, like if you just know basic things about, you know, your application, you know. I feel like one of the things, like if an application in Kenya says the deadline is like the fifth or something, just try to send it as early as you early possibly as can. Because, um, like, your application might be one of the best, but it might be difficult for anybody to see it because of the volume, and people might just give up. Because, like, these are human beings at the, you know, behind <laughs> who are receiving these applications, and you know, by the time they're getting to the, to like application number two hundred and fifty, they're like their eyes are glazing over. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Um, the good thing is a lot of organizations starting to implement AI technology and so on to scan through CVs. Right. That that's kind of helping a bit. Um, you you reminded me of one example, and I I just wanted to share this with you because when I moved back, you know, ten years ago in 2010, and the, the landscape wow. was very different, <laughs> extremely wow. different. And I I settled. I I didn't really have a concrete plan. I came, and then some things happened, and I decided let me just extend just like yours. Like, you know what? Let me just stay. Uh, so I didn't really understand the landscape, the job market. And I just wanted something to do, right? Just something to do, just get a little money in my pocket. I even went to the point of going to supermarkets to apply to be a cashier, a supermarket. I couldn't even get, an 
I, could, I even said, guys, I'll pack bags, you know, because I think when you come from the, the Western societies, you're like, you, you're, you're so comfortable that, you know, you can pick something up quickly. I mean, it may be yeah. or something, but you can pick something up quickly and get some some quick money because um, getting a job is not so difficult, right? It's not that difficult. And I, yeah. I just, I never imagined in my mind that getting a job could be this difficult, even to do a job that you're overqualified for. I couldn't even get, I actually went a whole day at the supermarket talking to the supervisor and it, it just, I just couldn't even get a job to be a cashier. He was like, like, you're going to be kidding me. Why would you? Yeah, it was, I don't know. It was, it was just crazy. And that really, that's when it hit me that, you know what? I have oh to change. God. I have to change my approach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think even, well, first of all, kudos to you. I can't even like, I am just clapping and in awe and just like, (laughs) oh my God, what? You did it, Ben. Okay. So I'm even confused about what I wanted to say. I'm so shocked. Like, (laughs) we're talking about the applicants. (laughs) That is such a crazy, like, I, I can't even imagine, like, this was, like, 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Like, oh, wow. I That must have been really, really difficult. Uh, I'm so sorry. Like, no, that must have been Actually, really in happy. hindsight, it builds such strength in me. And and that's where I was coming to with our yeah. interview. After you've done all of this, you I'm sure you started to see a part of you. You started to develop this new part of you. And one thing I find with every guest that comes on the podcast is when they come Black to Africa, uh, whether they were an entrepreneur or not before, they start thinking very entrepreneurialish. You know, you start getting ideas of mm-hmm. solving problems or being of service. Did did that start to happen for you? Um, I think so. I I feel like um, before I, I got the job um, that um, I had been talking about um, some moments ago, um, I. I did have a list of like, I would jot down like business ideas, you know what I mean? And I will just be like, you know, I, I have a whole Evernote of like <laughs> business ideas and things. And had you started a business before though? Well, I, okay. I, I kind of had, <laughs> well, okay. yes, kind of. So I, um, during um, when Black Panther came out, or when it was about, so I'm a huge science fiction fan, like huge, huge mm. MCU fan, MCU's Marvel, like all of that, like, and I have been for a long time. So anyway, when Black Panther came out, like a year before the movie came out, like I was just so excited and I would just keep up with everything that was going on with the movie. Like it, to me, I was just, I was just a fanatic, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I was just very much like, those were my vibes. I, you, I, I was so excited, right? And I, I, as I've said, I am a science fiction fan. So it was like, not only was it like a black movie, but like it was also science fiction, but like on a scale, like, you know, like huge scale. Like it was, it was just everything to me. So um, I decided, so when I was looking around, like when, um, before the movie came out, so this was maybe in around January because the movie came out um, Feb, was it mid-Feb or yeah. mid-March? Yeah. I think it was March, I think, I can't remember, yeah. Um, of of twenty of twenty eighteen, so around January, I kept looking around for merch. Like I was like, why am I not seeing any Black Panther stuff? I really looked, I really looked, I could not find. So anyway, I was like, okay, let me let me maybe I can create something. So my cousin is a tattoo artist, and so I asked, I reached out to him, and I'm like, yo, bro, can you do some designs for me inspired by Black Panther? And he did, and I was like, okay, cool. So I'm gonna 
make t-shirts out of them or whatever. Of course, I paid him. So, you know, like, um, no taking advantage of artists. Um, right. anyway, so yes, I, yes, so, please. <laughs> right? Um, so anyway, so I um, got the designs and I got the t-shirts made. And I went, it was Super Bowl weekend um, in Toronto. Um, and I all my friends were coming together for Super Bowl weekend. And so I brought the t-shirt, the samples of the t-shirts I had done. And I showed the showed it to them i'm like hey do you guys like this they're like whoa those are dope you should so i was like oh okay so i got like 30 orders from that night so i went i made the 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 t-shirts whatever then i was just like okay let me post in like what like some groups on, on on facebook and stuff and see what people then i got more orders from that so that is the first business i did i don't think i ended up making uh, like I think I ended up breaking even, I'm <laughs> um, not losing money. Uh, but that's because the cost of production, you know, like mm-hmm. making twenty t-shirts, thirty t-shirts at a time, um, and the cost, you know, the, the cost of that one t-shirt is like thirty dollars. Like you know what I mean? So like, how much are you really gonna like sell? Yeah. So it was yeah. just like. So that was really the first. And then I was just trying to like, just make it into a whole thing. And then obviously there were like copyright issues that started coming up because people started duplicating. Like literally a week after I had my t-shirts on like Facebook, I just saw other people like doing the same, <laughs> like work on the t-shirts and like doing all these things. And I was just like, wait, wait, like, you know, uh, I'm still, I'm still on my high. Like I still, you know, so anyway, and then now because now people started doing that um creating merch um because also what i had done is i had gone on like teespring and this t-shirt websites and mm-hmm. uploaded my designs or whatever and then all of a sudden there was like all this copyright issues so now my designs had to come down and all this thing so you know so so it became more work and i also had a full-time job so i was just like ah, screw this um, you know right. but anyway that was the that was the the business that I, I had actually attempted and you know done something with um but it was the first time that i actually thought of an idea and actually worked to implement it like for the purpose of making money you know what i mean like kudos so, so yeah um so when i did come to kenya i was like as i said i had an evernote of all my business ideas and stuff but um i realized like it's hard to start a business because you don't even know where to look for things. You don't know who to ask. You don't know where to source for anything. You don't know, you don't understand the need. You don't understand the market. You don't understand, like there's so many things that you don't have a clue on. Unless you have been doing like trips prior where you are researching and learning and figuring out and talking to people about the specific thing that you're interested in doing if you don't have that background knowledge it is nearly impossible for you like you i feel like you're going to be setting up setting yourself up for failure right um and so that's what i realized i realized okay first of all i have to pin down um what type of business it is and then i need to understand who i am you know marketing this business to so uh, you know, so for me, in my head, I was just like, oh, getting a job is easier. It is not. But in my head, I was just like, <laughs> in my head, I was just like, you know. So anyway, that's why when the job opportunity came, I just jumped on it because I was just like, you know, this this whole business situation. Now, we're now in 2021. I have literally quit my contract that I'm on right now because <laughs> I am because I'm just like, I can't continue to do this. Um, and what I mean by that is um, I have, I just feel like the, we were just talking about this um, before we hit record, before which is like, record, yeah. exactly, which is just, I feel like 
you work so much, like even if you get a decent job, right? Like you work a lot, like so much, right? Like, and I feel you're underpaid. Of course, I'll always feel I'm underpaid because mm-hmm. you'll never be able to like match. Oh, you can, I guess you can match obviously what you're earning before, but it's really difficult to do that. However, the living standards are different. So, you know what I mean? So, so you, it, it just depends like what your lifestyle is, but you can get to a really comfortable um, space right um or, or living earning level yeah. and uh, exactly yes um and so um so for me i've just gotten to the so anyway what working did is it allowed me to do research um right. on the spaces that i am interested in because luckily i found a job in a space that i absolutely love and i'm interested in like even without like forget the job like I still spend lots of time on social media looking up creative things <laughs> events artists like I just know these things just for the fun of it right um and I'm interested in the work that is happening in the continent in the region especially in East Africa in regards to arts and culture and I attend webinars on things like this and sometimes I have nothing to do with my job and sometimes like especially this particular contract that I'm on right now hasn't nothing to do but I spend a lot of time right so it's where my interest lies so what is allowed me to do is well number one um find the space that um i feel that i would give the most value because i don't feel like i came all this way you know sold all my belongings <laughs> came all this way went through whatever challenges i've gone through to now settle to where i'm doing work that i could do in canada like i don't know I, to me that, yeah i i know i to me that just feels like you know, like it just doesn't feel good, right? Mm-hmm. And so, for me, it's really, really important that I'm able to do, um, to do work that I am very happy with, that I am proud of, that you know. So, identifying the space that you want to work in is really important. Now, you don't need, need to be sentimental like I am and have be like, oh, I must enjoy it, and you know, no, you don't have to be. That's just me. But um, and I'm not saying that it's the only thing I would do because I feel like in Kenya people don't do one thing people tend to do multiple things right so i could you know be for example start a business so one of my things right now is because i've just felt like i don't want to put so much energy effort and attention to doing um to working for other organizations i'd rather do that for my own organization since i'm already doing it like i'm already expending this energy i'm already expending this time um and you know just my mental ip you know on on this work that i do i bring in a lot of great ideas and things that we get to implement um, because of the things I do when I am not working, right? So why don't I do that for myself? So I think for me, it's just gotten to the point where I'm just like, I I think for my own survival, I have I literally have to figure out how to be able to work for myself. What, what I need to be able to create now, a lot of the organize, so working in this space has also allowed me to be like, learn like who are the partners that we work with? Who are the people right. in this industry? Who, what are they doing? What do they do normally? And what do they normally need to get things done, right? Like what 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 happens in the space? And so obviously I've learned a lot about that. Um, and I think that has really been the thing, the major thing that has allowed me to feel confident because I feel like, you know, having worked in the arts and culture space for an organization that, um, you know, really pumps uh, a bit of money into the space in East Africa, um, you know, has allowed me, given me like a 360 degree view of the sector. 
and um and kind of showed me like who the players are and then obviously having that like the name on my resume i think is helpful you know be like okay this person has worked for this organization that's great um i feel but i think also because i've um be able to create networks through the work that i've done um i am not starting from zero you know where i was just saying how like you know, when I first come, like, if you haven't done the recon prior, you literally, you don't know where to start. You don't know what's what, right? So now that is already taken care of, right? Like that work has already been done, um, you know? Um, and so when I'm introducing myself to somebody, they'll be like, oh yeah, you're the person we worked with on such and such project at this organization. You know what I mean? Like, so when I'm saying, hey, I have my own agency and this is what we do, they're like, oh yeah, that's great. You know, we'll keep you in mind. And then now I'm also part of like WhatsApp groups for, you know, arts and culture things, you know? So I just feel like I'm more connected now. I don't, um, I'm not lacking a lot to be able to get started. So I think that has given me the confidence because I feel like I don't know, some people, I, I, I don't know, I, 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 like, I feel like a lot of women struggle with confidence, right? Like in terms of like, I'm just going to start this business, I'm just going to do this thing. And then, you know, like, I, I, you just feel plagued by doubt, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like this has allowed me to get rid of, of, of a bit, um, get rid of a bit of that doubt where I'm just like, okay, I can do this. I know people and, you know, that doesn't guarantee that I'll get clients, but like, well, you know. you a courageous and, step. Yes, exactly. Um, so it's not as daunting, I feel, um, for me. But that has been the journey, like, for me. Um, but again, I, I feel like my life is more of a cautionary tale. I feel like the <laughs> best thing to do is actually to figure out what you want to do by doing... Have a plan. Having a plan, having visits, right? Doing visits where you're, like, you talk to people, actually engaging with people, even before you get on the plane, like, join you know, forums and groups. And now there are a lot more of them coming up. There even there's this one called Move Me Back where you can, you, if you sign up for their newsletter, they send you a newsletter of like, you know, jobs and people who are looking to connect to start different things. And so there's a lot more resources that are coming up now. So, you know, um, and which is really, really interesting because I feel like two years ago, I didn't see any of the, <laughs> any of these things, you know. I'm hearing some of like, this for the first time. <laughs> You know, but I think the year of return for Ghana has really done a lot for this, for this movement, um, you know, um, and, and having people think about how do we actually make these transitions easier, you know. Um, and I, but I think for Kenya, we have a long way to go. Like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> there's like nothing in place. Just you laying know? the information out is the first step. Having the information. Exactly. Clear, exactly. I mean, one, of, one of the things I've been envisioning um, through this podcast and all these interviews is to create sort of like a, uh, come back home starter pack you know and um, it, it's a tall order it's a tall order because <laughs> uh, but I, I wouldn't give up travelers i wouldn't give up i will have that in the seat pocket in front of you where you can just pick it up and read you want to get into the creative space because like yvonne what you just spoke in the last segment uh there's a lot of you know, you know those light indicators uh call assistance in the aircraft they're going off i can see on my dashboard right now like travelers are like i'm gonna ping yvonne <laughs> you know i'm gonna ping yvonne she'll help me figure out how to get a job how to recruit like you're gonna get a lot of um inquiries i i most likely believe <laughs> after this um this podcast is released trust me because you've just shared some really good nuggets um, around that that whole experience of yours it's it might be a cautionary tale but it's a it's a very good one thank you that's um i I, you know i feel like if it's i just i've 
if it's if it can, it can be helpful to anybody, you know what I mean? Because I'm just I'm with you in terms of like creating spaces or things or products or I don't know anything really to be able to help the transition because I feel like it's unnecessarily difficult like it doesn't need to be as challenging as it is you know what I mean like I feel like there are other things that can be that are going to be challenging that you do but there's some things that with a little bit of planning and organization you know um yeah clarity is always good clarity is always good I just yeah. want to stay a little bit, just a few more minutes here on your work experience because you seem to have have it locked down um, and very expert in it. <laughs> what 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 would you say are two big surprises? Because I think if you left when you're a teenager, it means you hadn't really worked besides the internship um, in you know in Uganda. We're now working now in Kenya. What are two surprises that happened, good or bad? Um, you know, when you started working, what are things you're like? Whoa, oh, okay, I, I didn't know that. You know, that maybe people assumed you would have known, you know, just from your experience so far. Okay, so one, um, the okay, so one is, um, I found it surprising that you, and it maybe depends on the organization that you work for, but I think if you're working for an international organization, right, or a multinational organization, um, and you're working in Kenya, you need to have regional knowledge because I feel like a lot of these organizations, they have their offices in Kenya, um, but they, because Kenya is is seen as a hub of the region, right? Like, so, and Kenya is kind of, you know, it's, as we talked about the competitiveness, Kenya is is, is a bit, I I don't want to say higher, (laughs) but like it's, how would I? It's it's the superpower of the region. I don't know. Economic, I don't know what economic, like. yeah. Exactly. Because exactly. and it is proven by fact as um, a lot of international organizations from the Facebooks and the, the HP or whoever you want to talk about it have their Africa headquarters in Kenya. Yes. So that, yeah. that just tells you the concentration of 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 human resource and you know yeah those kind of things. Yeah, and, and let's not forget tech as well, right? Yeah. Um, so, so Silicon Savannah is 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 based here in Kenya. So, I, you know, so Kenya is um, it's an interesting city to work, you know, country to work in because um, if you work there, you the for me, my experience has been like I feel like it, it's the hub, and so for you to work here means that you will somehow some in some ways work with other East African countries, right? So your knowledge about other East African countries is kind of crucial to the work, mm-hmm. right? And you kind of want to build that because it is something that adds to your indispensability. I don't know if that's a word, but like, you know. <laughs> it sounded good. <laughs> um, to basically um, how indispensable you are, right? Like, because you, and because as we said, there's, it's really, it's very competitive. Like it's so competitive. Like I, I should say this example where I had a job, I was working like six months. This was like two or three months ago, six months prior to that, I had a job and then my contract ended for that job. And then they re they reposted the job Right. And, you know, people are like, yeah, apply. You probably get it because this was your job. Like, you know, I applied and I did not get it. Right. Because oh, like there was this. Yes, exactly. So and that, that's because like there's a lot of. Can you imagine what's that? What that is like? It's like, wait, what? I, I've gone through that. <laughs> oh. 
oh my gosh yeah you should write a book about this because i'm like i thought i would be like i am probably the only person in the world this has ever happened to <laughs> like, oh, i have been through that and i've been told right to my face that yeah i mean you were doing it you were the best person for the job but um well mainly also because of corporate politics um yeah no, mine was not it, mine i think was just because like i didn't i don't interview well <laughs> so <laughs> i haven't been interviewed i don't know it's a skill that i'm working on um but you see if i don't have my own organization i don't have to a- apply for interviews i just need to write proposals and you know <laughs> i feel like i'm better at that because it's the pressure because like i don't know if you like interviews are like four person panels who does that yeah. like in kenya yeah, that's, it's like that's very panel. common yeah. of four people or three people it's like how are you supposed to maintain your cool when four people are like literally staring at you to answer questions and to be like at your best and to be like charming and dazzling and like it's just i don't i don't i i really i don't know right you, you pick anyway. the one that has the biggest sway and just impress them <laughs> But you sometimes you don't know who's you who because yeah 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 by the time the, the fourth person is saying your name I already forgot okay like I already forgot who that is usually the difficult part you don't know how to address them by name <laughs> and I'm just it's just too overwhelming anyway <laughs> sorry let me get back to so your, your question your number one your number one surprise was um you know the regional integration so having a better appreciation for the East Africa region what what was what would be the second surprise yeah um but I, i would say it's more than just appreciation but it's an understanding right in like knowing basic things about for example traveling within the different countries you know who are the leaders of the countries what is going on politically like Exchange just rates. yeah exactly you know things like that so that if your organization or the organization that you want to work for or work with um has offices around those are things that you can add in your application and your things like you know what i mean like these are things yeah. to show yeah i think outside of the boundaries um of this country because now you're now talking to or speaking to the larger organization goals not just that particular office right that you are applying for so i think that ends up being an advantage to you so so having so even when you're doing research on kenyan companies see if they are based internationally see if you can comment or add something um you know about that about the their reach um the regional reach or you know for the, for the East Africa region or for Africa generally um but if you can add those elements then they're like okay this is somebody who's just not like you know who's can see a bigger picture or has a bigger understanding or whatever right it gives you an edge so yeah. that that would be number one indispensability <laughs> exactly um so and then um something that surprised me i think okay I don't know this may be bad to say but like I was so I'd have this moments where I'd be like and I mean remember like I said I didn't I have not adulted in Canada like all my adulting <laughs> happened in Canada um and so I would have moments where I'd be like I'm working with all black people like I'm working with African not even like African women like you know like i have like african female bosses like bosses, so bosses. that would blow my mind like i would have a moment where i would just be like like i would catch myself like i would just be like this is happening you know because i've never had first of all i've never had a black boss um wow so let's start there yeah 
All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never had a black boss. Um, I mean, I did have other like uh, POCs. Like my one of my bosses, um, she was Indian um, and she was the co-owner of the company that I worked for. But there was her and that was the only female boss I'd ever had. And my other boss, he was Pakistani. Um, He was really cool. And but aside from that, I'd never really had I'd never had a. Um, a boss who was black so for me it was and then now a woman of, of like now a black woman and actually an African woman like it, to me and working with an African team like to me it was just like mind-blowing and I think what was also and I said that this might be bad to say is just like it would like I would catch myself like moments would happen where I'm just like this is this is real like you know and the other thing about that is like like working with black people who are brilliant now of course you know i don't want to like get shade for this but like of course we no, know black no. people yeah i, we, I, I know, know what you mean it's the you keep going we, we're, we're following you as travelers um <laughs> the change in environment <laughs> we, we got you yeah. we got you <laughs> yeah so i mean as i said of course black people are brilliant and all of this stuff but i don't know i feel like when you haven't experienced it and you haven't seen it so you know, of course you know that, like intellectually, but when you haven't really seen it in front of you and experienced it, you know, happening to you, I think it just hits you a little bit different when you're in that space and you're just like, oh my gosh, I am working with brilliant African people, right? Like who are doing really cool, interesting things. This is dope, right? So I think for me, um, that was a huge, um, it was a huge surprise and I, I really, really appreciate that. Like, I don't take that for granted. I don't take it for granted that I am. I have worked in Kenya and that I have worked with, you know, <laughs> with black people. Like, I just, I don't take that for granted at all. Like, and people who are leaders and people who are teaching me things, right? Like, um, and you know, so so to me, it's just it's just really brilliant. Um, it was just it's amazing. Yeah. Sounds like it. It boosted your self-confidence to another level that you you just never experienced sounds like you just got this renewed energy to just keep up the fight if you could call it that i think it i think what it did i think for um i think my identity and i feel Mm. like this is like because i think with the journey there's the physical one and then there's an emotional one that accompanies it, right? Like, so you are, you you go through the physical journey of moving from country A to country B, but there's also the emotional journey that you go on. And I feel like that is less talked about. And the emotional journey and like some of now what I just mentioned with the experience of, of working and what that does to me, like in terms of my confidence or for example, in the sector, I work in the arts and culture space, seeing wonderful creative people doing very interesting things because i feel like arts and culture in at least in canada it's very um exclusive right like it it, it's it's very um dominated (laughs) well and i think even depending depending on the types of art so if you're 
talking about like visual art, so like painters, sculptors, um, you know, those types of, of artists, like you don't tend to hear a lot about black artists, right? Like there's not, like maybe in the recent times, this has become really popular, but or working in museums, these are very whitewashed places, right? Like for you to work, like, you know, and so to come and be in those pieces here and you're working with like, African people, Kenyan people, like it's just a different thing. It, it it makes you see yourself, your world, your representation in a completely new way. You see, because like, and I think the other fundamental shift is like when you're in the West, you're other, right? Like you feel like an other, like an outsider. You know like it, yeah. <laughs> you know it even, right? It's so clear, right? But my shift coming back home has been from other to center, right? So. So it's it's I'm 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 seeing myself. I'm seeing myself everywhere. I'm represented everywhere. I am having interactions with people who are like me, essentially with myself. Like, you know what I mean? Like I am center, I am a part of the environment that I exist in. So which is really powerful. And I feel like I don't even yet fully understand what that does to a person. Um, and I'm still learning like what that does to a person. <laughs> like you know so yeah yeah that's that one is that's deep and and this is why this podcast is called coming black to africa and not coming back because it's it's coming black you're getting that identity that black identity back and that's what's powerful that you just shared with us i'm I'm looking at our flight plan and i'm looking at where we are on our tracker the radar says that we are just about making our final approach to end this show to end this uh, episode, this wonderful flight from um, from Canada to Nairobi, Kenya, and the East African region. And um, I'd want to end the show the way I normally end the show with two questions. Well, yeah, two questions. One is, Yvonne, we've shared a lot of your experience and we're really grateful that you've joined us on this flight. How would you sum up three life hacks? So how in your whole experience, what three life hacks would you give for someone coming back to Africa or coming black to Africa, I should say? Someone who was born here and maybe migrated when they were younger or who has never, you know, never been to Africa. What three life hacks would you give uh, or advise them to work on? Wow, that's a tall order. <laughs> um, life hacks. Um, okay, I think, I think the first one would be um, have a multi-layered plan. Okay. So, and I think what I mean by that is like, you have your plan A, you have your plan B, C, and even within plan A, there's like multiple layers, right? Like really try to think through, um, you know, your, you know, why <laughs> you're wanting to move back uh, or move to, or, you know, go to this country. Like, what? why are you doing it? You know, what is the purpose? Um, and I think also try to see is like, can your goals be achieved without actually moving, right? Because I feel like now with technology and access and things, it is getting, but it's still very difficult for you to do a lot, most things actually, when you're not in 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 in, in the country. Because I think there are people who are who are like wanting to like invest or start businesses and do all these things. And you know, for some people, they were like, is it possible to do that and not actually be there? 
right? Like, I think it's, that's a valid question because I think it needs to be, your reason needs to be really, really clear. Like, why is it that you're going there? Is it what you want? Can you achieve that somewhere else? Because if you, if you can, you will always have this thing in your mind, like almost like maybe not doubt, but you always have like an out right. and you know, in your mind of like, so you want to make sure that this thing that I want to do, um, I can't do it anywhere else because of A, B, C, and D. And that is why I'm going here. And so, because when you get there, you're going to have a lot of challenges and you, it's going to be very difficult. So you need to have something that you ground you where you're almost like, it's this or nothing else. You know what I mean? It's this. So for me, it was this, it was either make it in Kenya somehow or go back to my boring life in, 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 in Toronto. And Toronto, by the way, is quite fun. Like, let me know. <laughs> but like, it's, it's a great city. I love that place a lot. Um, but like, you know what I mean? Like you, you have to really think. And for me, it's something I'd wanted to do for a really, really long time. So this was my chance to actually see for sure, can I make this work? Can it work for me? Um, because there are a lot of people who go back and then it doesn't work and, but it's still a worthwhile experience, right? Like, so I think you just have to be really, really clear and then have your plan. I would definitely recommend doing multiple trips. Now I know it is um, expensive because now you'll start thinking about, okay, return ticket is like 1500 bucks. If I have, I'm going to do this like two times a year or three times a year. Like, you know what I mean? Like you, you have to think like of, of those. And I know that that could be one of the things where you're just like, um, how am I supposed to get that done? Right? Like, how am I supposed, but I think if it's, if you've answered question one that we just talked about, then now you look at question two, how do I do a couple of trips? Right. And the purpose for the trips is to get information, right. To get a feel of the country, to start to familiarize yourself with network. how things can be done to network. Right. Um, and, you know, I think in the West, we tend to think like a lot of these things, especially now, because everything has just moved digital online and stuff. Um, you know, we think that we can do these things online, but in Kenya and many African countries, it is very, still very much like face to face, very, very much like, you know, um, I don't know. I think maybe it's tied into that whole community thing. It's still very much that way. Um, and so you do need um, a presence. Um, and so you get to figure out whether how often that is before you actually make the choice to move back. Um, I think also you need to ensure that learning and pivoting is a part of your plan. Because I, I feel like sometimes people may um, have difficulty because you do, have not given yourself room to pivot. Mm -hmm. So, um, or to adjust with new information, right? You've come and you've been like, this is the thing I want to do. Even after your scoping visits, let's say you did a couple of scoping visits, you decided this is what, you, but then now you've come, you're doing it and then it's not working out. And, but you haven't given yourself room to pivot. Like I think because of the nature of the country and the way things happen, you need to give yourself some leeway. You need to give yourself room to change your mind, to, to change direction, you know, to move differently, to, to you know, um, yeah, you need that flexibility. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just, just and you're a free, you're, you need to give yourself freedom. So one of the things that you can do right now, a lot of people are working remotely. I have two personal friends who this year, actually one of them, October last year, um, and another one, March of this year, um, so they so they basically went and talked to their job to say, we're working remotely, I'm going to go to Kenya. 
and I'm gonna yeah. working from there. Yeah. So I know two people. So one is doing it this month, March coming up, and then um, one has done it since October of last year. So and the organization is just oh, yeah, they are. Okay. And so so they're just like yeah, like so they the so now um, my friend he's been there since October right and that part of so a lot of people this is now accessible to you right like I feel like that is the greatest hack right now because you could just be like uh it's COVID and That's you know brilliant. <laughs> yeah like you can literally just be like I'm working remotely like you know and if you're really sneaky perhaps you can even do it without asking <laughs> um, except when your internet starts to fluctuate they're like where, where are you <laughs> has very good internet is this unless like you have to just no, check unless if you're out of the city like if you're some remote area yes, I mean, some exactly. people may take remote working and go go on a safari or that's something that's true that is true don't do that yeah <laughs> you'll be caught <laughs> you need to be somewhere accessible um with the internet yeah so th- those are things like that is a huge huge hack right now like you can totally take advantage of the remote working situation and go and use it as a scoping visit because when you go for example if you're working east eastern time um you have about eight hours difference right now or seven hours um come spring um and that seven hours like you that means you have the day during the day in kenya to go and do things right you can go meet people for lunch you can go you know do whatever that you need to do go get your open a bank account and actually some of these things you can actually do online so i for example i open my bank account i have never had to step into the physical bank and to do it right which is amazing right yep yep yeah yeah. so i mean and and so so like again picking your battles because you know i told you me and lines and waiting and (laughs) things i'm just that trend (laughs) (laughs) i am not a fan so i feel like if i can get things really efficiently done i i am with that um so yeah so yes remote work is a huge one um try to make connections as early as you can um i mentioned forums and groups and you know um i think those are really really helpful um uh, and i if you can join clubhouse i feel like because we're here me yeah. and you rob because of clubhouse right Definitely, um yeah. so i feel like if you can join Clubhouse, that's really helpful. There's a lot, because I have felt reinvigorated to get back to doing like my YouTube um, channel because I got onto Clubhouse in December of last year. And I just found so many people um, interested in this topic. And I didn't, like I, you know, I didn't really know other people who were so passionate and interested in I, like I got on there and I held and I hosted a room and like those are like hundred people in the room like I was in it was that just, room it was it was oh, packed. it was packed. I was like it blew. Money and everyone it was it was packed. yeah I didn't I had no idea like this was a thing you know what I mean like I, I had no idea who had this interest I and and then other groups as well like you know just talking about you know investing back home and you know just all those conversations and I know like a lot of that stuff is really overwhelming um because like especially if you're just getting into it right now and people are talking about Africa free trade agreement blah blah, blah like you know what I mean <laughs> You know, um, but you can start slow, right? And just start to familiarize yourself because a lot of these things I know, because like when I was, uh, when I went back to Kenya, I knew zero, like absolutely nothing, right? So I just kind of had to start from where I was at. But you can too, but um, like um, finding groups, even on Facebook, Facebook groups, um, forums and things like that, where 
you know, there are other people who've returned, for example, or other people who are thinking about returning and stuff. People who are like-minded, I think is very, very helpful. Um, and so it can start to give you ideas of like, okay, what could I possibly do? You know, this person is talking about this. This other person is talking about this. You know what I mean? Like it can pique your interest and kind of give you some ideas to get you started on on thinking about what, how you actually make a living, right? Um, so that 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 would be another one. Um Gosh, I have so many. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, if you have a bonus one, that those are th- those three are so huge. I mean, travelers, if you're on this aircraft, you're on this flight, there's no way you're gonna drown or get into problems if you take these life hacks well and use them as your your safety vest. Um, and it seems like everyone wants to give us a bonus one, and you are very much welcome to give us a bonus hack. Um, I think this one is it's not maybe it's just an addition to what I've already said, but um, I think it's like. Um, if you can, because like right now, because what COVID did is like a lot of these organizations that do um, that do different things, right? Like they were forced to come online, have discussions publicly. So these are things that unless you were in a particular circle or in a particular group, you wouldn't have access to, right? But now all of this stuff has come online. So there's a lot of like webinars, a lot of stuff that has now come to the surface so where you know if you were curious about who are the who are the players in the, in this particular industry who are the people who do these types of things who are the people who give funding to abc and d what is you know what i mean like you can right now a lot of that is 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 has come up right like it's no longer like in closed doors and stuff like that so if you're looking to learn which is really really important um because you have to do a lot of learning and unlearning but anyway for the learning bit like um, yeah, I think it's like right now, <laughs> yeah, it, it is, <laughs> but like if you're trying to gain an understanding of like the field or the sector that you, um, want to work in, for example, or you want to start a business in or whatever, or just, just be able to just get, gain some insights, um, a lot of these conversations, um, but I do know there's an initial challenge of finding out who are these people in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> um, and for that, um, I mean, um, I, I, I know quite a bit. So, I mean, well, that's just... Sounds like we're going to have to have you for a return flight on this on this uh, podcast. Yeah, I mean, people um, are free to email me or whatever. Um, you know, I'm very open um, to share what I know. I think one of the things I've also been trying to figure out is, like, how do I put this information, like, um, in, in a way that is accessible? I've been playing around with the idea of an ebook. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like you and I will will continue having some offline conversations like we did before we started recording because we we're thinking about the same thing and and travelers. It sounds like um, I don't want to put my foot in my mouth, but um, you know, Yvonne and I will probably host a webinar in the future. Um, you know, n- not Clubhouse because some people may may say they're overwhelmed yeah. with Clubhouse and it's only for iPhone right now, at least at the yeah. time of this recording. Oh. So I mean, we, we'll commit to you know seeing if we can host like a webinar and you know. FAQs of coming back home, you know. What what do you say, Yvonne? <laughs> oh my gosh, you literally read my mind. I was like, I've been like, I need to I, I feel like that's something I would like to do to hold like some sort of webinar and it could be like on different things. And you know, for example, if somebody's interested in like real estate, and then you could get like somebody who's who who, you know, somebody in real estate, like because I'm part of this, this desk for a returnee 
network group. So there's a lot of people there who are returnees who, you know, some have been successful in doing many different types of things. Um, you know, so I, I, it would be really great to just add more voices and expertise. And yes, a webinar would be it will be awesome. It will be freaking great. I would love that. I just that. thought about it. I'm going to edit that part out um, <laughs> until we have it up and running before someone uh, runs with it. <laughs> um, oh, no, but like, yeah, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I no, no. Others can do it. It's fine. It's, uh, but I'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. <laughs> I, I always find like the thing about like because I know hanging out like anyway anyway in the world I told you my t-shirt story how like yeah, somebody that's true. <laughs> okay yeah. it's, 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 it could just be my paranoia talking I think that's my coping mechanism I I just double check all right do I want to release this public information you you know just a bit cautious not paranoid but just cautious. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Um. It's um. It's perfectly fine. I. I think we're kind of just thinking about the same things. But like, yeah. I've really been. It was something that I was thinking about because remember I was telling you I was trying to get this bunch bunch of videos out, and then afterwards I can. I there's things that I was thinking. Oh, what do I want to do for the channel? So this was one of those ideas to be having um webinars every so often to just get people get more information because I feel like, as I said, I feel like this journey doesn't need to be as hard as it is, uh, you know? Um, so yeah, anyway, to help people, that would be really, cool. really good. Thank yeah. you, Yvonne, for that bonus life hack. And that's a brilliant one. I, I, I'm actually part of an initiative. Um, I'm a qualified accountant, an ACC qualified accountant. And beginning March, we're going to be running global webinars. And I'm one of the Africa community leaders on how to start a small small to medium practice, you know, as an accountant or a tax consultant or in that area. And so if you are a traveler and you're looking at coming back home, those webinars will be good for you to log into because you'll see how do you set up, what regulations do you need to go through. And it's going to be for the entire sub-Saharan sub African region. I have another community pillar who's based in South Africa. So we look at the different jurisdictions and see what do you need because in case you have that skill set, you can start your own practice. So that's a wonderful bonus life hack. Thank you so much, Yvonne, for that. Well, wow, fellow travelers. Yeah, it's a great, great initiative. Yeah, yeah. Fellow travelers, we are making our final descent. Our landing gear is down and we are coming sadly to the end of this flight. But definitely we're going to have a return flight with Yvonne in the future to give more updates um, and look out for exciting stuff, collaborative stuff between us. Um, I am seeing some great work coming between us. So stay tuned, stay tuned. And Yvonne, please tell us before I ask the last question where people can connect with you. Yeah, um, so uh, I think the first place you can check out is uh, my YouTube channel. I document my experience returning home and um, I am working to put uh, a lot more information on there since it, ha it has been two years and I have learned a lot. Um, so yeah, so if you're interested in, in finding out how how I'm doing <laughs> and how that's going, you can check out my YouTube channel. It's called Afropolitan Star. So Afropolitan, one word, star, second word. Um, so that would be the first place. Um, I do always put uh, my email in the description box, um, but uh, for the purposes of this podcast, my email is tafakarimedia at gmail.com, which is T-A-F-A-K-A- -A 
R-I media, M-E-D-I-A at gmail.com. Um, but I'm sure you'll put it in the show notes, right? Yeah, no worries. We'll actually put it yeah. in the show notes um, so that yeah. it's easier for someone to just click the link and email you. Yeah, and then uh, I'm Afropolitan Star, uh, one word on IG and Twitter. And Classic. Clubhouse. I was yes. just about to ask about Clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> and Club, I haven't been on Clubhouse for the last like several weeks because work just, as we were saying before, this yeah. became quite quite intense. And Clubhouse requires, I feel like to get the most out of it, you want to pick the rooms that you, you know, spend time in. Um, and if you do pick the right rooms and you want to be paying attention, like, you know what I mean? Like you don't want it to be a passive experience. Um at least that's what my experience is, but I haven't, I haven't had the chance to do that. So, But I will soon, soon. I'll be able to get back on there because I really want to continue hosting rooms. Actually, we could do that. We could host rooms on um, on moving back since you have so much right. more experience than I do. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Clubhouse can be overwhelming at times, but you have to be very strategic about it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you so much, Yvonne, for joining us on today's podcast episode of Coming Black to Africa. This has been fantastic journey, fantastic in-flight entertainment. We didn't get to talk about why you're in Canada right now, um, um, but just to let our travelers know before we recorded, you know, just taking a little break. Uh, perhaps you can just tell us in a minute, why, how come you're back in Canada now? Yeah, um, I think it was, well, it was because of the pandemic, I feel, because mm -hmm. <laughs> I uh, my contract um, ended and I... I don't know I wasn't really doing anything so I was just like let me just come and because my mom I think I mentioned she lives in Canada so I was like let me come in and kick it for a bit and rest because Nairobi can be quite yeah it, it's really it can buzzing. be quite overwhelming <laughs> sorry right. can be quite buzzing <laughs> yes it can and it, it and I, I think um with any like journey it, you will feel wiped out Okay, at some point, because you're, you're exerting a lot of your energy on um, problem solving, on trying to stay afloat, on figuring things out. Like you're not coasting yet. It's still very much hustle and bustle. And that expends a lot of energy. You expend a lot of energy doing that. And so um, you need to take a break. Um, and so that's what this was for me. It's just like, let me take a break. Let's see what's going on. So yeah, I've been... Yeah, for sure. So I've, I've still been working um, the last couple of months. So I, and I'm still working for a Kenyan organization. So I'm still very much in touch. But um, yeah, this is me taking a break. But I'll, I'll probably be back next month. Yeah. Right. Hashtag remote working. <laughs> exactly. Hashtag remote working. <laughs> yeah. Or oh, working remotely actually sounds like a better hashtag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to ask you the last question and the way I normally end every episode and every show is to ask you to complete this statement and it can be as long and as short as you want it to be. All right, are you ready? Yeah. All right, Yvonne, Africa is... Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Do you uh, um, listen to Lewis House? His oh, yeah. School of Greatness. Yes. He always has, a, you know, his last three questions that he asks, his final questions. And I think his is always um, something to do how you define greatness or something. Greatness is three, something. three, three truths and um, yes. what's your definition of greatness? Exactly. 
So it just reminded me of that. Um, <laughs> so this is pretty great. Uh, so Africa is, I think for me is is home. I, th- I feel like that's the that's the thing that's come up for me. It's like Africa is home, um, and and I think maybe tied into what I mentioned earlier um, about identity and representation. Um, I think home in a physical sense, like geographical sense, but also home in terms of like my spirit and like my, my, the way I view myself and the way I see myself in the world, you know, um, I feel full. And as I said before, I am no longer other. I see myself center and part of everything, which I think is huge. Um, and so that is how I want to continue to see myself as I live my life. Um, I want to be center and I want to be in focus and I want to participate fully in life. Um, and I know that, um, you know, the world, like, you know, Africa is, is hot right now, is in, you know, like there's just, there's a lot of conversations about, you know, Africa being the next frontier and all this stuff. But I think that still sees Africans, African people and Africa as a continent as an object. Um, and we want to be the main subject, right? Like we, because if you're seen as an object, then you're able to, th- then people can objectify you. Like you can be used, you know, and, and all this things. Just, yeah. yeah. So, um, so it's, I, yeah. So I feel like um, Africa is home. And for me, that means being center, being subject and being seen and experienced fully right the good and the bad so yeah i love that being seen and being experienced fully and indeed travelers you know i've said it many times that one of the four fundamentals of coming black to africa is reclaiming your stolen creativity and creativity is an identity extractor it helps you to extract your identity and what better way to extract your identity than by being home in the motherland so come for a visit, come to stay, whatever it is that you want to do, but be here physically. Come and experience the connection back home, back to motherland Africa. Well, I've been your captain of this flight, Robert Agufana, and we are sadly at the end of our flight. And I ask that as you leave the aircraft, that you please remember to hit the subscribe button on wherever you're getting your podcast and leave us a review. Please leave us a review so that other people can find this show and share it with your friends and let us know what topics you'd like us to discuss on the podcast and who you'll probably like for us to interview to hear the experience and their story well that's it for now see you again on a future flight thanks robert